Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Hi there. It's time to start the show. But first, here's a word from Stephanie Miller. Well, if you ever catch yourself thinking when looking in the mirror, I wish my under eye bags would just go away. You're not alone. Bags and puffiness under the eyes are a problem for millions of American men and women. Until now, introducing my new favorite, the new GenuCell Serum with plant stem cell technology from Chamonix. Susan from New Jersey wrote me, I've been using GenuCell for a couple months. The puffiness around my eyes is gone. Even the crow's feet and small lines have disappeared and haven't come back. I love this product. I use it under my eyes, around the cheekbones, and on my eyelids. With its instant effects, Chamonix says you'll see results in the first 12 hours or your money back. They guarantee it. Order now and save big on Genucel's risk-free introductory offer. Go to lovegenucel.com slash Stephanie. That's G-E-N-U-C-E-L. For an instant 10% off your order, order now. You'll get the amazing Genucel XV face cream. When you order the exclusive Genucel most popular package at checkout, that's love, G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com slash Stephanie. Lovegenucel.com slash Stephanie. And now let the cartoons begin. Recorded live in the USA and covering the whole wide world. Right on! This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. From our nation's capital, it is Wednesday, June 16, 2021, and this is the interview edition of the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi, what's up? My name is Bob. Hello, Bob. Hello. Day 148 of the Biden-Harris administration, 509 days until the 22 midterms. Find me on Instagram at TheBobSeska and on Twitter at BobSeska underscore go. My guest today is a returning favorite on the show. I can't wait to talk to her again. The great Dr. Leah Torres is here today to talk about reproductive rights, the Texas abortion ban, the Supreme Court, and Roe v. Wade, and a whole lot more. In case you're just joining us, Dr. Torres is an OBGYN who provides abortion services in, of all places, Alabama and formerly in Utah. And I'll repeat here. She's one of the most centered, knowledgeable, and quite literally one of the bravest people I have the honor of knowing. So by all means, make sure you follow her on Twitter, at Leah N. Torres, and pay close attention to what she has to say today. And by the way, there's going to be some good news on today's show as well, so stick around for that. Meantime, if you like what you hear today, don't forget to subscribe to our bonus content at patreon.com slash Show. Okay, let's catch up with one of my personal heroes, the great Dr. Leah Torres. Dr. Torres, uh, welcome back to the show. You know, as I've said before, 
I can't even imagine the kind of mail you must get on a regular basis, whether it's DMs, people in your mentions on Twitter. And this is the ongoing question. Every time you've appeared on the show, I've had to ask you this question. Are you safe and do you feel safe? Well, thank you, Bob. And it's good to be on the show again. Um, I am safe. Mm-hmm. That's a good question. And the, and the idea, and I know what you're getting at with feeling safe, yeah. but it's so, it's like so broad. And so do I feel safe physically? Yes. Do mm-hmm. I feel safe professionally? Meaning will I be able to work in the next six months? I don't yeah. feel safe in that regard. Right. But my physical safety I do feel safe. Yes. Thank you for asking. That's good. I was just, you know, in fact, I was just talking to Kimberly and we were agreeing that you're one of the coolest and yet also one of the most courageous people that we know because you're so outspoken about a topic that is so full of uh, rage from, you know, a certain faction in this country. And that rage often turns into outward violence and the fact that you are so forthcoming with your face and your name attached to everything you say that is incredibly brave and i'm not sure if people say that enough to you but you deserve to hear that more often because and you know what it shouldn't be this way either it should be something that we should all be able to accept but of course we don't live in that perfect world do we no and i you know i really appreciate that i it's you do lose sight of it because to be quite honest on a day to day, it's, you know, like what I do, taking care of people, providing abortions, providing reproductive health care in general, providing medical advice, providing education, all of that is very within the realm of normal to me. And the fact that it makes some people angry. Yeah. It, I mean, it's just, it, it's hard. It, even now it's hard for my brain to wrap around, but I think that that's a good thing. Cause I don't think I want to get accustomed to people being angry about somebody having sovereignty over their own body and that's making right. decisions about their own life and health. I don't mm-hmm. think I want to be, you know, used to someone being angry about that. Uh, I just, I worry, I worry, <laughs> I worry about you. I worry for a lot of doctors who again are just are are putting themselves out there they're in the phone book if not on the internet and easily findable by all of the crackpots and you know i run into the crackpots on a regular basis but again it shouldn't be controversial it just it shouldn't shouldn't be so tell me um about the alabama board of medical examiners what is this part of what you're concerned about with regard to your life in a professional sense um, I mean, they haven't uh, treated me the best, but no. I, you know, I'm very grateful that I was ultimately awarded my license. And I know that being in this area of my profession, first of all, being a woman in my profession has its own difficulties mm-hmm. and own obstacles, having to do more to prove yourself, et cetera, et cetera. But then go to the South and be an educated woman surgeon who values people Mm -hmm. and Black Lives Matter and abolishing systemic racism and ensuring people have access to good medical care. That doesn't sit well with some folks. So I'm... I'm concerned about being under a microscope. I don't know if I am, 
but I think I have reason to be a little paranoid about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, so, you know, I just have to, I have to act in a certain way, meaning, you know, what's for, even like, let's say I have a complication and yeah. that can happen to anybody, mm-hmm. but I'm concerned that if I have one, that that's it. Oh, Game yeah. over. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yep. So it's like some folks can get away with the most egregious, even albeit maybe even intentional errors. But if I make a mistake or just not even make a mistake, but like just have a complication because that's what happens in medicine sometimes through no one's fault, I could be, that could be it. You know, yeah. the medical board could say, sorry, mm-hmm. you're done. Right. So, you know, and I, I I hate to be that paranoid, but it's a reality that many in my profession face, whether or not they even provide abortion care, but then, you know, add in the deep South and abortion care. Yeah. 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 I I hope I didn't blindside you with this topic. Basically what happened is the Alabama board of medical examiners, didn't they suspend your license there because you, you know, say what you say. I mean, you're just exercising your right to free speech, right? You're just doing what you've been trained to do. Well, you know, I can't speak to why the Alabama board did anything, but what happened was the Alabama board made allegations. Those allegations were found to be without sufficient evidence and my license was granted. So um, I have my suspicions of Mm. why all that happened, but of course that's just speculation on my part. Um, It's, it's been tough on my career in general. Yeah. Um, it certainly did some damage, but I'm recovering and um, moving forward and pushing ahead because really what matters most to me and what I told the board, you know, I, I want people in Alabama to get good health care. And that's that's why yeah. I'm here. And of course, that's also the oath that you took as well. You, you're you know required through that oath to to care for the people around you, to care for the people in your community, and they make it really difficult, uh, especially in Alabama. That's another reason why what you do and how you comport yourself is so important and so admirable because you are doing it in a place like. Oh my God, Alabama. I mean, do you ever consider like, maybe it'll be easier if I set up shop in New Jersey or or Connecticut or something like that? Well, you don't advocate for reproductive justice in order for things to be easy. Uh, Yeah. Not not in the US. Mm. Um, I've, you know, it's funny. I've been thinking lately because I get this question, you know, I get this question of wouldn't it be easier if, or why don't you just move over? You know, it's not about, easy or hard for me, it's about where am I needed? Mm-hmm. You know, I was, um, when I was in Utah, I, I discovered, I mean, one day it kind of hit me and I was like, you know, you can throw a stone and hit an OBGYN in this town. Like it's like, I'm not needed here. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, I want to, I want, and I even wrote this in my medical school application statement. I'm sure many yeah. of us can think back to that crazy time. And I'm, I want to go where I'm needed, where people who wouldn't otherwise get healthcare yeah. can get healthcare that I provide. And that's always been my modus operandi. So being in the South is kind of, it just fits yeah. and it's been super interesting and super hard, but also super fulfilling. Mm-hmm. I 
had a patient today that I felt like I could really help and people need their voices heard in this state, especially. Incredible. And and that's what we're kind of looking at, too, with more and more of these laws that are getting passed. For example, the Texas abortion law just signed by Greg Abbott. One of my ongoing theories is that this is really creating a segregated America, places in the country where abortion could end up being completely illegal under every circumstance versus places in the country where it's perfectly legal. But I mean, the, the fact of the matter is that rich white people will still be able to get abortions no matter where they are <laughs> based on simply their resources. But overall, we're talking about kind of an apartheid country where in certain places you have sovereignty over your body and you can attain a medical procedure for a condition that, as you've explained on the show in the past, is in fact life-threatening. Or you can live in a place in the country where that's completely forbidden to avail yourself of that medical procedure. How are you seeing this? Because it seems like you're running into the fire. And in order to continue to do that, you're going to be in places that, in addition to, you know, boards of medical examiners and so on, uh, you've also got politics. You've also got laws being passed. Are you concerned that those things are slowly edging you out? Is this the primary concern about your professional life that you may not be able to continue to serve the people that you're serving in places like Alabama? Well, it's definitely a concern and and make it sound also awful, but it's, (laughs) it's easy. Well, let me, let me throw this out there for you because I think that what people fail to miss is it's super easy to, for many um, myself included mm-hmm. for many to talk about abortion and abortion is bad or abortion is good. And da, da, da. let's talk about what these laws, like what Abbott is doing in Texas. Let's talk about what that actually is. It's not abortion. Mm-hmm. It's actually government sanctioned reproductive coercion. And mm-hmm. we have a history of this in the United States. We have a history of forced sterilization being perfectly legal Up into the 1970s, for example, in the state of California, we have doctors who used to, you know, oops, I accidentally cut this poor black woman's fallopian tube. I guess we got to take them both out. Like that is not far back in our history. So we have a lot of reproductive coercion that was perfectly acceptable in times past. And this is just a new version of that. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing. The same people are being harmed by it. So the fact that we have, you know, black people dying three to four times higher rates in birth than white people is not a coincidence. Mm -hmm. That's systemic racism. And so then when you force those same people to not be able to have a life-saving abortion, guess what? Those people are dying in childbirth at higher rates. So it's the same, it's the same song and dance. It's just a different, you know, band or whatever. It's government sanctioned reproductive coercion. And people don't want to talk about that. They just want to talk about how it's an abortion ban and yay, save the babies. No, what we're talking about is very vile and an atrocity that should be left in our past. 
Atrocity is a great word for it. That's very, very well put. And it seems like what they're trying to do, and this is just kind of pegging off what you just said, is they're trying to put the state, in this case, state government, in control of the entire nine-month gestation span from conception, determining whether or not you should conceive all the way through birth. That suddenly makes your uterus the purview of the state. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and they're slowly closing that trash compactor because once they're done overturning Roe, the next uh, decision they're going to go after, right, is Griswold uh, about contraception, access to contraception. And specifically, that was unmarried women having access to contraception. And they want to overturn Griswold as well, don't they? Uh, I mean, they who knows what all they want to do. I'm sure they want to do everything that that entails. I mean, that's what it that's what it really comes down to is yeah. this attack on autonomy. Yeah. And when you cannot decide for yourself if you're going to have a medical procedure or not, if you're going to have a pregnancy and give birth or not, when you cannot make those decisions for yourself, you are not viewed by the government as a person with basic human rights. Right. And it has nothing to it doesn't go beyond that. Does someone who is pregnant have the basic human right of making decisions about their own life or not? Do they have the basic right to make decisions about their own health and body or not? I'll give you an example. And I may have given this before, but take pregnancy out of it, for example. Mm -hmm. What if the government suddenly said no one's allowed to have chemotherapy because it's toxic and it kills human cells? Yeah. I mean, you're, you're withhold, you're, the government is deciding what medical treatment that is evidence-based and chemotherapy is much younger than abortion. Let's, let's remind ourselves mm-hmm. deciding what is acceptable, what isn't, what access people have or don't have to medical decision-making. And in the same breath, they say, you can't force me to wear a mask because the government can't interfere with my choice to get COVID or not. Incredible. So we know that it's not about abortion. We know that it's not about fetuses. It's not about babies. It's not about anything logical. It is about money, power, and control. Mm -hmm. And you cannot tell me that it's about anything other than that when you are trying to overstep people's basic human rights. Yeah, and I'm sure you saw the irony of watching Ted Cruz and Ron Johnson, for example, say that, oh, yeah, Americans deserve to have the right to make their own medical decisions. <laughs> you feel like, well, who the hell are you leaving out of that? Uh, that's, well, and that's, but yeah. that's the thing. And the, but their base eats it up mm-hmm. because their base understands, well, yeah, but in this situation, not in this other situation. So it doesn't like all bets are off. There's no, there's no logic. There's no truth telling as we know. So we've got legislators lying. We've got a public that doesn't care. And, well, I mean, not all, obviously I care, you care, but mm-hmm. we've got people and their base that don't care that want to people that want to be lied to will believe the lie. Yeah. Right. So people want to belong to a, to this thing. And so they're happy to say, yeah, that's bad. And uh, da, da, da. and heaven forbid they step out of their bubble and talk to somebody who, oh, I don't know, almost died in childbirth or lost their mother or, 
you know, whatever, and they might gain a new perspective. That's the problem. It does not happen that way. They don't go outside their bubble. So here we are. Yep. We've got the Ted Cruz's and the Ron Johnson's and the Greg Abbott's deciding that they know what's best and their base gives them money and gives them votes. Mm-hmm. And speaking of Greg Abbott, just going back to this Texas abortion law here for a second, that uh, particular law outright bans all abortions after six weeks. And also, and this is this doesn't get discussed a whole lot, but it makes it criminal to assist someone in getting an abortion after that cutoff point. First of all, uh, Dr. Torres, can you explain where women are in terms of uh, pregnancy at the six-week point, uh, not only what's happening biologically, but where the thought process is in terms of their monthly cycle and so on? Well, first of all, as I hope many listening know, oftentimes people don't know that they're pregnant at six weeks. Right. Sometimes you're busy. (laughs) and you're like oh i was supposed to have a period a week ago and i didn't oh i guess well sometimes i'm a week off so uh and then you go another week and you're like oh wait it's been three weeks now so that puts you at seven weeks and so sorry if you're in texas your decision has been made for you which is contradictory Mm -hmm. to their let's make people wait 48 hours so that they have time to make a good decision so pick one because you can't have it both ways. Yeah. You can't say people need to be forced to have a waiting period because they need time to make a decision. And in the next breath say, by the way, if you're pregnant, hopefully you're under six weeks, hurry up and make your decision before you turn six weeks. Yeah. Like th- those are blatant contradicting ideas. So one of them is false. Mm-hmm. Which one is it? Because what I would love is for people to have all the time that they need and not be rushed because of a an unconstitutional ban on their body right. and their medical care. I would love for people to make their own decisions comfortably with accurate information, with the time that they need, with the resources that they need and all the support that they need, by the way, mm-hmm. who's, who's supporting all these kids, how your people in Texas, Greg, can't even cool their houses yeah. in sweltering heat. People died in the winter. A child froze to death. At least one that I saw in the news froze to death because of the lack of in- infrastructure of the electrical grid. Yep. So if you can't take care of the people who are outside of the womb, what are you doing meddling with things inside of the womb? Get out of the wombs, Greg, out. <laughs> okay, we'll get back to our conversation with Dr. Leah Torres here in just one second. But first, there's so much going on in the world that can make it difficult for us to relax and to decompress. Oh my God, just look at Twitter. Twitter is like the pit of despair. You go in there and you come out and you feel like you want to jump off a building. Well, I've got a solution for you. If you're looking for a way to decompress, Sunday Scaries can help. It's a CBD gummy. Visit sundayscaries.com. Use the promo code SEXYLIBERAL, all one word, at checkout to get 25% off your order. That's 25% off Sunday Scaries gummies 
at sundayscaries.com with the promo code SEXYLIBERAL. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. These products are not for use by persons under the age of 18 years old. Again, that's sundayscaries.com. Use the promo code SEXYLIBERAL. Thank you. The Bob Seska Show. The thing that I keep going back to with this particular band, as opposed to some of the previous bands that we've seen, 15 weeks, 24 weeks, blah, 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 blah. The initial thought by people looking in and seeing this story, oh, six-week band, six weeks, is that completely arbitrary? What's the point of six weeks? And it's not arbitrary. What's insidious about this is there doesn't seem to be a biological justification for six weeks. Like you say, well, the heartbeat or the, you know, the nervous system, but this was six weeks. It's all about blindsiding women, right? It's all about that time threshold between realizing that you're actually pregnant and when you can get an abortion and and the deadline is already surpassed, right? That's correct. Because people, most, most people take their pregnancy test around six weeks. Now they could have a positive pregnancy test before their missed period. Mm Mm-hmm. But no one's alarmed to take a pregnancy test until after their missed period. Right. And that's what this is. So it seems like just an outward backdoor ban, just a full-on abortion ban, really. I mean, that's what it amounts to, at least uh, from my perspective. Well, well, that's effectively what it is. But let's, again, call it what it is. This is a full-on government-sanctioned reproductive coercion move. Yeah. This is... Let's sterilize people that we think should not procreate. Mm-hmm. Let's put people's lives at risk that we think are fine to die in childbirth if we want. Let th- that's what this is. Yeah, yeah. When you can, do not have the legal opportunity for a medical procedure that is evidence-based, safe, and life-saving, mm-hmm. that is what you're doing. You're coercing people and you're risking lives and people will die. If this goes on and it happens and if Mississippi's thing and, and SCOTUS and the, and the, all the if people, abortion bans kill people. Reproductive, reproductive coercion kills people. That's not, that's science. That's fact. That's not conjecture. That's not opinion. That is provable research evidence, historical based how accurate is the diagnosis in terms of how many weeks along a pregnancy is? So what I'm getting at with that question is, can the diagnosis be inaccurate and therefore get the doctor and everyone assisting the doctor in a lot of legal trouble in the state of Texas? So when it comes down to nailing whether someone's been pregnant for six weeks or six weeks and you know, three hours after the threshold or something like that. Well, right. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. Like how, how pregnant, how, how are we measuring these weeks? How are we defining a day? What is the 24 hour cutoff? Like that is all valid. And guess what? They're going to use that as a weapon Yep. to criminalize doctors and to criminalize patients and to hurt people. They're going to use that as a weapon. I, I mean, it's just, it just it just boggles my mind yeah. that the state or nation would propose reproductive coercion like this. Yeah. And that is what it is and people will get hurt and I hope we can help people who need it but it is dangerous people will die. I just I 
there's no, there's nothing significant about six weeks mm-hmm. except for the government wanting to be aud- audacious or well grotesque. Yeah. I would say. Yeah, it's a sucker that punch. Is, it's a sucker punch, is what it is. And it's, in the same breath, yeah. saying you have to wait because we want you to take your time. Yeah. And make a good decision. So that's why a few years ago we passed this waiting period law. Like, it, stop it. Yeah. Just stop it. Have you talked with any colleagues in Texas about what they might plan to do at this point? Because it seems like a trap for them. I haven't spoken to anybody, you know, personally, but we're all trying to figure out, like, how can we help people? How can we yeah. make the and And it's really, <laughs> it's going to come down to fundraising. It's going to come down to grassroots organizations being to help people pay for transportation elsewhere. That's what it's going to come down to. Yeah. So, like... You know, my clinic is owned by Yellowhammer Fund, and it's going to come down to people donating to them so that they can get resources to folks in Mississippi and folks in Louisiana and folks in Georgia and Alabama. Like it's, it that's what it's going to come down to. I know Texas has several funds as well, Um, but people are—I mean, people are going to need to to get really help grassroots organizations because they're the ones who've been doing the work for all these years preparing for exactly times like these. Yeah. And we shouldn't be in times like these, but here we are. I would also say like, in my mind, if I were living in Texas as a reproductive age woman, I would be like, maybe I need to start taking a pregnancy test the week before I'm due for my period. Yeah. Uh, like seriously. Mm-hmm. Cause in theory, the week before the week of that you're due, you could have a positive and maybe both. I mean, take them both times or a dollar at the dollar store, take a pregnancy test the week before your period and the week that your period is due. Yeah. But then even if you catch an early pregnancy, that's under six weeks, you're still in that rush to make a decision again, forced by the state. Who's telling you that they're imposing a waiting period so that you can have time to make a good decision. I, my brain is going to explode. Bob. <laughs> I, I know. I, and and my brain is going at a million miles a minute. And I apologize if I get too grim. But the thing that I keep thinking about is two words, Underground Railroad. And I feel like between activists, doctors with consciences, <laughs> I feel like there's going to end up being some sort of network that is going to help uh, women get from a place where they could be arrested for having an abortion to a place where they can legally and safely have one. And that's going to take some doing, and it's going to take a lot of rolling of the dice, a lot of risks on everyone participating. But it seems like that's where all of this is heading if things continue to spiral in the way they're spiraling. You know what I mean? Well, and what if, you know, people could get medical care without anybody else butting into their business? Yeah. What if that were a thing? Right. What if what if doctors could do their job and people could access health? I mean, our system, our healthcare system in a broader sense, in a much broader sense, because abortion often falls with out, outside of the healthcare system because many states outlaw insurance coverage and not to mention the marginalization of abortion providers and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, yeah. but in a broader sense, our healthcare system sadly works just like it was designed to, mm-hmm. where rich people are healthy and fine and poor people are not. Yep. And then they're incurred with medical debt and then they end up without homes and losing jobs and all this crazy, like our healthcare system needs to be redone, burn it to the ground. 
we got to start again. The ACA was a step in the right direction, but it wasn't nearly enough. And it's not going to be enough unless we do something. So that first and foremost, until we can have a, a maternal mortality rate that is on par with, oh, I don't know what could just normally occur in nature as opposed to people dying unnecessarily preventable maternal mortality is happening here at an alarming rate. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. And then you see a story like uh, the one we saw a couple of weeks ago in which the Supreme court has announced it's going to decide on Mississippi's again, completely arbitrary 15 week abortion ban. Uh, which could entirely reverse Roe v. Wade by eliminating that viability standard, right? In the uh, in the original Roe decision, I said, well, when you reach viability, no more elective abortions. After that point, you know, it's the, the fetus is viable; it can live outside the womb, and so therefore, uh, no abortion. So, but this is under serious threat with this Mississippi law. What are you hearing in terms of how? <laughs> how the extremely conservative court is going to land on this decision. I'm not very hopeful, quite frankly. I don't know where you are on this. I don't see how they can decide in favor of government-sanctioned reproductive coercion. Yeah. I just don't see how that, that can, how, how that can happen. Mm-hmm. I also don't understand how Governor Tate Reeves being not a doctor can make any assertion about age of viability, having not gone to medical school or an OBGYN residency training or a fellowship, all of these things, which I did and assert that fetuses at 15 weeks can survive outside of the uterus. It's just not a thing. It's not a thing. There's no no lung tissue. And last I heard that people needed lungs in order to live in a world of air and oxygen. So it's, arbitrary. It is a setup. It is to test the waters. It is really actually more about, and, you know, an attorney could speak better to this. Um, you know, the folks at rewired are really good at their boom lawyered podcast, um, regarding the the laws about, uh, the laws surrounding anti-abortion as well as the court system. It's the federal courts that are more the problem or the circuit courts. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. You know, they're setting it up so that they're trying to find these loopholes so that they can, without worrying about Roe v. Wade, just outright coerce people into remaining pregnant and giving birth. Yeah, like, yeah. Or, or force people to give birth um, and incur those maternal mortality risks where people die in childbirth and leave their children parentless and orphaned. So yeah. that's also awesome. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I was too loud on your podcast. (laughs) (laughs) The thing that I can't get beyond is they never do this. They so seldom overturn a precedent that is 50 years old. Roe v. Wade is now, uh, I think, I think it's now officially 50 or it's just a little more than 50 years old. That's a long time. And I think the numbers of times the Supreme Court has overturned a precedent that old, you can count on one hand out of all of the hundreds and hundreds of decisions. And from a historic point of view, it doesn't seem likely, but that's no comfort, right? That's, that's no, uh, you know, escape hatch out of this. It's still in the very fact that they have decided to hear this with a six to three conservative court is immensely dangerous. 
Well, but we also knew that Roe v. Wade was in no way a protection. Yeah. Like, sure, it, it made it federally legal to have an abortion, but every state decided to put in their own state law. I mean, that's part of the problem with our democratic republic is mm. that we can have federal laws, but states still have the ability to make their own little state laws. And so they can whitt- they whittled down all of the access yeah. and they did that intentionally. So Roe v. Wade, you know, is nice in theory, but it's certainly not a protection that we have even at this point, in my opinion, like someone should be able to walk into a doctor's office and say, I'm pregnant and I don't want to be. And there should be like, okay, well, so you're wanting an abortion. They say, yes. Okay. Well, you can also do parenting or, or adoption. Nope. I want an abortion. Okay. Well, here's what the options are. Let's get an ultrasound. So we know how far along we like, that should be it. Yeah. Just like, just like I want this mole removed. Mm-hmm. I would like to have my stomach lining looked at. Cause I have all the stomach pain. I would, you know, that's what happens everywhere else except for abortion because the, political movement has decided to ascribe to a fetus rights that are not there because there is a pregnant person with rights that come first. Yeah. Yeah. And that is just maternal physiology. Mm -hmm. I'm not making that up. I am not declaring that as my own rule. It's just biological, physical, existential fact they're completely ignoring the fact that this particular entity, this fetus is inside the body of someone else. And that person uh, who has the fetus inside of them probably should have control over how, you know, medical care is, uh, you know, applied to that area. You know what I mean? That should be everywhere else. Yeah, exactly. Everywhere else is prenatal care. I mm-hmm. can't do a C-section. I've had to sadly watch a fetus, a fetus in labor die because the patient refused a C-section. Yeah. I can't take her to a C-section, even though that's going to save the fetus's life. That person has every right to refuse a C-section yeah. and deliver a stillborn. And that's exactly what happened. Well, that so br- Why is that not true for abortion? Well, that brings up what Steve Scalise said. Uh, I guess it was yesterday or maybe it was the day before. He he basically alleged that fetuses are being born and then uh, aborted after the fact, after they've already been birthed. And that's infanticide and therefore already illegal. Am I right? Well, yeah. I mean, that is infanticide. And in our lifetimes and pretty much I think anybody's grandparents' lifetimes, infanticide was not legal in this country. Mm-hmm. So either he's lying or his office isn't prosecuting criminals. Right. So which is it? <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. Like, I don't, I, you can't, you can, you can say that, but then either arrest somebody or stop lying. Yeah. Those are your options. Well, there's no evidence of it whatsoever. I know that for sure. And if there were, why isn't Steve Scalise, who's a member of the United States Congress, getting on the phone to the U.S. attorney in that jurisdiction and saying, hey, look, we've got infanticide going on there. Maybe you should look into it. But that's not actually happening. 
Dr. Torres, this sounds like the same conspiracy theory that was ricocheting around the internet a couple of years ago based on video, I think, of a miscarriage. I want to say it was side by side with the conspiracy theory that Planned Parenthood was selling fetus parts on the black market for profit. I don't remember exactly who was marketing in this conspiracy theory with this weird video, but I think that's what Steve Scalise is talking about. But the bottom line is, it doesn't matter if there's evidence. They don't care if there's evidence. The people listening to him and believing him don't care if there's evidence. They just believe it to be true because it suits their worldview. It suits their biases. It suits their political preferences. And that's all they need. That's the advantage of being in a fishbowl, right? You can say whatever you want to the rest of the fish, and they don't know any better. They're just going to take it uh, on a, as a matter of faith. You know, so, okay, well, I guess that's true. And so, therefore, people like Steve Scalise and Donald Trump and Ron Johnson and Tom Cotton and all the rest and Greg Abbott can tell them anything and they'll believe it, won't they? Well, right. And these are also the same people who will believe Scalise and say, oh, that gives me a reason to be violent because I like to be violent. So now I have a reason to go shoot patients and doctors at a clinic or plant a bomb. Or that's a perfectly good reason because I'm going to do something good by exhibiting my violent tendencies. Mm-hmm. That's what happened with all of the clinic violence that's happened in the past years. Colorado Springs was a direct result of the Planned Parenthood uh, conspiracy, fetal part selling, whatever. Yeah, that was a direct. He he said that's why he did it. Mm-hmm. So there are direct ties to inciting violence, and that's exactly what Scalise is doing. He knows that's what he's doing. That's exactly what Orange Face did. He knew that's what he was doing. I can't even. I just can't. Even. I can't. I like refuse. I'm really mad that like the game of euchre is kind of like I'm going to play more euchre now so that I can take the word back. But um, <laughs> it's a very northern Russian thing. Um, yeah. Uh, but you know that's they know what they're doing. They say things intentionally. They know what they're doing. Yeah. They rile up their base. These people are these people are lost souls. They need a reason to belong somewhere. They get that feeling of, oh, I belong to this group. I'm finally loved. I'm filling whatever void. And also I have a reason to exercise my violent tendencies. I'm going to go shoot a doctor in the head. Mm -hmm. One of the additionally bad things about this whole concept where they, you know, they put a video out there, they create a conspiracy theory around it. It becomes, you know, according to all of their disciples, it becomes true. But the original reporting, like for say, for example, this Planned Parenthood story that was going around back in 2015 about selling the fetus parts on the black market. This is another one of those phony baloney sting operations. And what they're doing, though, is if you call it a phony baloney sting operation, they will file a slap suit against you shamelessly. And this is now the new tactic of the Republican right, whether it's Jason Miller or Devin Nunes or the usual suspects are filing all of these defamation lawsuits against anyone who says that they're marketing and bullshit. And that's how they, yeah. They've stolen money, hoarded it away just so that they can do this stuff. I mean, you know, they don't pay their taxes, they mm-hmm. inherit and whatever, and then they have offshore bank accounts and blah, blah, blah. They steal from America and then incite violence in America. That's right. And it gives them more money and more power. 
I mean, who wants to give up that gig? Yeah, right, right. Well, now they're just, they're openly calling for violence, and this is not necessarily uh, reproductive rights oriented, but they're calling for uh, Americans to shoot other people. They're calling for people to shoot other people at the border when they see them. They're actually supporting the idea of vigilantism at the border, and they always have, but now they're outwardly saying on Fox News Channel, OAN, Newsmax, elsewhere, yes, go ahead and shoot those people who are coming across the border. And it was either Marjorie Taylor Greene or it was Lauren Boebert or one of the other you know mutants in Congress right now uh, who said that. But I was, I was shocked, and I shouldn't have been shocked. I don't know why this stuff still shocks me. Uh, we need to be shocked. We yeah. need to be shocked. We cannot be complacent to the violence. Yeah. That is what happens. And then people are are murdered by police. People are murdered by vigilantes. People yep. are murdered by crazy people standing in front of their mansion when they want to just hold assault rifles that they shouldn't even be in possession of while people are walking by their house on the sidewalk. You know, people are being shot in stores because of masks. Yeah, This is the country that we live in. Mm-hmm. Legislators are re- removing barriers to obtain firearms. So people are, f- are arming themselves that should not be arming themselves, and they are shooting and killing people. And that is what our government is doing right now. And it is unacceptable. Yeah. Meanwhile, yeah. enabling and militarizing a police force and not to police the people with guns that shouldn't have them. No, 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 no. To police these certain group of people that they don't want to have a voice, that they don't want to have in power, people of color. Is there anything in the world of reproductive rights uh, that we can say, you know, maybe looks a little positive? Is there any silver lining that you're seeing in any of this horrible, bleak news that we've been observing for, you know, way too long now? I currently have two medical licenses. (laughs) okay that's that's a great answer that is outstanding yes and i i think i'm not the only one applauding that one that is a great goddamn answer yeah yeah as long as you've got your medical licenses there there are people that are going to be helped and that is i'm getting chills that is an immense uh response dr torres and i'm so pleased to hear it yeah little it's tongue-in-cheek and a little egocentric um (laughs) no it's true it's absolutely true that is positive news well that's i appreciate that to um but to be real um i feel like there's a lot of people waking i don't want to say waking up there's a lot of people seeing things i think differently than what maybe they saw them before yeah and i think more people and the people who need to you know kind of get motivated are getting motivated Mm -hmm. and people who otherwise were kind of like, Oh, this doesn't affect me are actually like, Oh my God, this actually affects me. You know? So I think that the more we talk about it, the more that we are open and vocal about not only, you know, what the problems are, but how to solve them. I think that gets people motivated. And I think the people who want to help and want to do good are, are hearing these messages. So I think, I think there are good things happening. It's just, you know, it's taking a lot of extremism for it to happen, but Hey, let's just, you know, let's stay together as a, as a human race. I mean, our planet, we're destroying our planet. We're destroying each other. You'd think that there'd be common ground that we can get behind as far as, you know, not destroying each other or not destroying our planet. Maybe we can do that. 
Absolutely. Oh my God. Dr. Torres, you are one of the most courageous people I know. I will say that every day if I possibly can. And it's absolutely true. You can follow Dr. Torres on Twitter at Leah and Torres, right? L-E-A-H-N-T-O-R-R-E-S. Link in the description, of course. Thank you so much for returning to the show. Thank you for uh, working me into your schedule. I apologize for the late notice on the program, but uh, you're one of my favorite people on Twitter. And I think I speak for all of us when I say we've got your back. I really appreciate you, Bob. And thank you for having me on the show again. It's great. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.